Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, Infinite Width MLPs as an Ensemble Prior, published by Vivek Kabar on May 12, 2023 on Less Wrong. Summary, a simple toy model suggests that infinitely wide MLPs generalize in an ensemble-ish way which is exponentially less data-efficient than Solomonoff induction. It's probably fixable by different initializations and irregularizations, so I note it here mostly as a mathematical curiosity, interesting prior. The analysis seems to be qualitatively consistent with empirical results on generalization versus width in small MLPs. Notes. The generalization behavior of these neural nets can be analyzed with the neural tangent kernel, which is widely studied. This post is meant to probe the qualitative nature of this behavior through a toy model. I'm unsure whether my particular analysis exists elsewhere. The deficiency of the standard initialization at infinite width seems to be well known and empirically supported in NTK-related literature, along with ways of fixing it. Core claims. The standard initialization uses weights which are proportional to one slash input underscore dimension. This has the effect of keeping the activations at roughly the same scale across layers. However, in the infinite width case, it ends up making the gradients in early layers infinitely smaller than those in the last layer. Hence, training an infinite width MLP is equivalent to running a regression using the features represented by the last layer neurons at initialization. These features never change during training, since the early gradients are all zero. If we train without regularization, we will tend to get something very ensemble-ish, smooth, and dumb. I will first summarize this claim in a table, then spend the rest of the post going through the reasoning behind it. Solomonoff Induction Infinite Width MLP Low L2 norm solution Bayesian update over programs linear regression over circuits puts most of its weight on a small number of programs, each of which perfectly fits the data on its own spreads weight over a broad ensemble, including circuits which have only a small correlation with truth the amount of data required to make the correct program dominate is OK, where K is the program length the amount of data to make the correct circuit dominate is O2C, where C is some complexity measure, defined later. This is exponentially less data efficient than Solomonoff induction. Calling it superintelligent as an understatement generalizes poorly on many tasks. Highly amenable to sharp solutions favor smooth solutions. Only create sharp solutions if certain conditions are met by the training data. If we train an infinitely wide MLP from the standard initialization, only the last layer's weights change. So it is equivalent to a linear regression over an infinite set of random features, these features being the activation patterns of the last layer neurons at initialization. If the MLP is deep enough, some of these last layer neurons are contain the output of very intelligent circuits. However, if we train our infinite width MLP, these intelligent circuits will hardly be used by the regression, even if they are very useful. That is, the sum of the weights drawing from them in the last layer will be very small. The reason I believe this is the toy model in the next section. Toy model. Let's call each last layer neuron a feature. As discussed earlier, their behavior never changes due to how the gradients pan out at infinite width. In a real infinite network, these features will be useful and intelligent to various degrees, but we will simplify this greatly in the toy model, by using just two types of features. The toy model asks, suppose that some features already compute the correct answer for every training data point, and that the rest of the features are random garbage. Will the trained network rely more on the perfect features, or will it use some giant mixture of random features? Suppose we have d items in the training set, denoted x1, dot dot comma xn. Each has a label of either minus 1 or 1. Let's say there are two types of features. Perfect features, features which perfectly match the labels on the training set. Random features, features which were created by flipping a coin between minus 1 and 1 for each input, and having the neuron activate accordingly. 
Since there are perfect features, we can always fit the labels. If we have enough random features, we can also fit the labels using only random features. We can represent features behavior on the training set using vectors. A feature vector, 0.7, minus 1, is a neuron which has activation 0.7 on x1, activation minus 1 on x2, and so on. Feature vectors are of length d. Linear regression on any set of features will find the minimum L2 norm solution if we start from the origin and use gradient descent. So in this setup, regression finds the linear combination of feature vectors which adds up to the label vector, while minimizing the sum of squares of the combination weights. Feature counts. There is a very large number n of features, we'll take the limit as n, and some proportion p of the features are copies of the perfect feature. Thus, there are pn perfect features, all just copies of the label vector, and, 1 minus pn random features. Our first goal is to characterize the behavior in terms of p. Solving for the expected regression weights. If we have at least d linearly independent random features, then we can definitely fit the training labels using random features alone. If we break each feature into components parallel and perpendicular to the label vector, then the weighted sum of the parallel components must equal the label vector, and the weighted sum of the perpendicular components must cancel to zero. As n, we won't have to worry about components perpendicular to the label vector, because the average of those components will go to zero in our weighted random set. Let y be the weight on feature phi, and let l be the label vector. At l2 optimality, the ratio of w2iy to y full y must be the same for every i so we have y equals fill for some constant k. Now define the perfect contribution cp as the length of the weighted sum of the perfect features, and the random contribution cr as the length of the weighted sum of the random feature cp plus cr equals l. cp equals i perfect y fill equals i perfect ll2 liters equals pnkl3 equals p nkd32. cr equals i random y fill equals i random fill 2 liters equals 1 minus pnk to frandl 2 equals 1 minus pnkd12 and thus CPCR only if PD greater than 1 minus P. Since this is meant to be about random features in MLPs, we are interested in the case where P is close to 0. So for our purposes, the perfect features contribute more if P greater than 1D. Note that the sum of squared weights for each feature type is exactly proportional to the contribution for that type, since you can substitute WIC for fill in the derivations for CP, CR. I will denote these as WP, WR. Reframing in terms of complexity. Suppose we define a complexity measure on features such that p equals 2 minus c then our result says that the perfect features contribute more if d greater than 2c. Remember that d is the size of the training set, so this is amounts to an data requirement that is exponential in the complexity of the desired feature. Generalization and ensemble prior. The influence of the perfect features on any particular data point scales linearly with cp. Thus, for small p, their influence on generalization behavior is linear in p and declines exponentially with complexity. Another way to phrase this exponential decline is to say that the complexity of contributing features goes logarithmically in dataset size. This is quite harsh for example 40 bits per feature even at 1 trillion data points, leading me to expect poor generalization on interesting tasks. Regression on infinite random features seems to be what I will call an ensemble prior, a way of modeling data which prefers a linear combination of many simple features, none of which need to be good on their own. This is in sharp contrast to Solomonoff induction, which seeks hypotheses that single-handedly compress the data. Finally, this ensemble-ish behavior is corroborated in toy experiments with shallow MLPs. I ran experiments fitting MLPs to four-item datasets in a 2D input space, and plotting the generalization behavior, graphs will be added here soon. With small MLPs, many different generalizations are observed, 
each of which tends to be fairly simple and jagged geometrically. However, as the MLPs are made wider, the generalization behavior becomes increasingly consistent across runs, and increasingly smooth, ultimately converging to a very smooth-looking limiting function. This function has a much higher circuit complexity than the jagged functions of the smaller nets, and is best thought of as a limiting ensemble of features. Acknowledgements. This post is based on work done about 11 months ago in the Seri Mats program under the mentorship of Evan Hubinger. Thanks to Mats and Evan for support and feedback. When initialized and trained in the standard way. See here and here. Resulting from L2 regularization or no regularization. My guess is that L1 behaves very differently. I have not tested this, but strongly predicted based on my result. Plus the bias, constant feature. I claim, but cannot prove, that P. This is an oversimplification, but sufficient to get a good result. In the standard initialization, we start at a random point in weight space, rather than the origin. This has the effect of adding a Gaussian random offset to the solution point in all dimensions which don't affect behavior. The analysis is very simple when we rotate the basis to make the hyperplane of zero loss B basis aligned. This toy model will simply ignore the random offset, and reason about the minimum L2 point. I don't prove this. I'm just pulling this out of thin air, as a natural way for a complexity measure to relate to probability. This section is just tautological given the definition, but it might be illuminating if you buy the premise. The number of items in the dataset, which is also the length of each feature vector. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.